All right, everybody, well, we're going to get started here breaking down some of the NFL draft uh, with executive producer Patrick Grubish. Patrick, thanks for taking some time out and helping us see what might be happening on the other side of the river here tomorrow night. Always a pleasure and uh, always a great time of the year. Well, typically. <laughs> <laughs> typically. Um, before we get into the, uh, you know, you know, obviously I'm going to talk about some Packer draft stuff and I, you're going to touch on the Vikings, but what um, are you excited for the virtual format? Are you anxious? Are you indifferent? What are you thinking about how tomorrow night's going to go? I'm excited. Uh, worst case scenario, it completely breaks and it's just an absolute shit show, um, which for fans is entertainment. So there's really no way it can go wrong. I mean, if something goes, I mean, it can't be like the year that the Vikings uh, didn't pick someone and ran out of time. Then you're screwed when you're all sitting in a room live. No one can go, oh, shoot, something went wrong. How do we, how do we help you? Or we can't let that slide, you know? Anything that can happen, good or bad, will be entertainment. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I. Uh, the only downfall for me is like I texted you. I was ready for some Mike Mayock analysis, and uh, you reminded me that unless I'm streaming the Raiders draft room, I'm probably not <laughs> going to get a whole lot of Mike Mayock. <laughs> right. Yeah, it'll be a little different um, for for sure. I, I, I honestly, I don't. Have you seen anything? Have they announced who's? going to be his replacement for the night um you know i haven't really heard too much um i i've heard that espn and nfl network were thinking about doing like a joint presentation of the draft i don't know if that gained any traction or not because if that was the case then they would probably just kick it to kuiper or somebody that they normally do but um i don't know we'll probably just have to wait and see i i think it'll be kind of interesting to see if there are any differences between you know if you have like a a gettleman running the giants and he's all old school are there going to be any problems with teams like that trying to adapt to technology but overall i think it's going to be fine these are billion dollar companies and they'll figure it out so yeah they they got to have some intern who knows how to work a laptop right can't be too tough so right um i still think personally i think they should do individual streams i think the Vikings or the Packers or whoever should go on, whether it's Twitch or YouTube or Facebook, whatever you want to use and just have their own kind of coverage talking about whatever they want to talk about team specific, because I enjoy the draft. You enjoy the draft. We're probably in the minority of, Oh God, I can't believe the Bengals took so-and-so in the third round. Most people tune in for their pick for their team. And then it's four hours of, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I have seen a couple of guys are going to do, like, hop in and do analysis throughout the night. But it it would be kind of fun to get, like, a team-dedicated stream of the Packers and just kind of, you know, oh, we're sitting at the 22nd pick. This would be a great chance for them to trade up or whatever. So it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, you know when they do the cut-ins to the draft room when they make the phone call and they're all high-vibing and stuff? I think you just put a camera on that, leave it on mute, have someone, you know, talking over it, and then just watch the process. Right. But Yeah, speaking of the draft process, um, I am locked and loaded. I'm ready to watch the draft day movie like I do every year. (laughs) I've got my draft day t-shirt on top of the pile, so I should be ready to go for tomorrow night. 
Perfect. So speaking of ready to go, I think everybody's probably done with us bantering <laughs> and ready to dive into some hard brass tacks here. Um, so I guess the way we're probably going to do this, um, because it's our pod, we can kind of do it however we want. Um, we're going to go through the team's um, picks, so to speak, but having the flexibility of uh, you know talking about potential trade opportunities and going down that avenue. Um, I believe that you're up not once but twice before the Packers as you guys traded away Stefan Diggs to get another first-round pick. So I'll kick it over to you, and you can kind of kick us off. Yeah, no, I, that's great. Um, so, yeah, obviously there's 21 picks before the Vikings show up. Who knows? Rick Spielman, general manager, loves to trade. There's already tons of talk, people moving things around. People want to go up. People want to go down. Um, obviously, that's probably half the fun, if not more, of the draft. But at 22, I have the Vikings uh, taking Christian Fulton, cornerback, LSU. Um, we don't have a lot of depth at corner right now. Um, and by that, I mean we have one cornerback on the roster. So <laughs> so we need one. Um, I've seen a bunch of mock drafts to have the Vikings taking this guy. He's ranked as one of the top couple uh, – Corners, D-backs in the in the draft, pretty versatile, big and athletic. He's like six foot, six foot one, um, perfect Mike Zimmer type corner who he can train up. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, at minimum one of these two first round picks, and I'd be willing to bet money that's this first one will be a cornerback because we only have one. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I googled his name quick and. Definitely looks like he's going to be available around that time. Um, and I, yeah, I've also seen him getting picked by you guys a time or two. So um, that'd probably help. I think did you guys just got rid of like Xavier Rhodes and basically your whole back end. So that'll, that's almost certainly going to be a place that you go early and often in the draft. Yeah, we, we like I said, we stripped down the entire cornerback position. We went Xavier's gone. He's obviously fell off a cliff the last couple of years. Um, our nickel guy uh, left because we didn't offer him enough money to be a nickel corner, <laughs> whatever. And, uh, and uh, yeah, then we just had some other people. We had Trey Waynes leave. We didn't want to resign him. So we got Mike Hughes from last year and we're good to go, I guess. <laughs> I guess. All right. So um, what? We, let's see, we've got another three picks go, two picks go, and then you guys are on the clock again at 25. Yep, so this is where things get a little interesting. Um, I kind of did this two ways, and we talked a little before. I did this two ways. My first scenario was no trades. Boring NFL draft. Everyone, you have your slot. This is where you pick. Um, and in kind of the same vein of departures of the Vikings, uh, we also got rid of Everson Griffin. He was making... A lot of money, but in a weird way, he was not counting against the cap. I think we've talked about it before where he was getting paid like $9 million, but his cap hit was like negative money in a very in a very weird way of how his contract was structured. His last year, his cap hit, I think, was like negative 300000 or something. Um, <laughs> so so where, we, where were you guys spending your Everson Griffin checks? <laughs> uh, Xavier Rhodes to whine about getting beat on a streak route um but yeah so obviously we can't resign a guy 
for a $10 million swing. So I have us picking AJ Espinoza out of Iowa. Defensive end. I was not a, obviously a straight replacement, a pro bowler, but uh, I watched him rip up the Big Ten this year. I like him. He's supposed to be available late first, early second. I think it fits the need, and we're good to go. No, that makes a lot of sense. I've heard him being talked about with the Packers, too, so I know a little bit about him. And then, of course, watching the Big Ten. and um, He definitely fits your guys' culture. He's one of those physical freak type of guys that the Vikings tend to find and turn into awesome pass rushers. So that definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so and then I'll just go quick. So I also, in my trade scenario, so I kind of did it two ways, no trades and then a trade scenario. Um, in my trade scenario, I took the Vikings 25th overall pick and the Vikings 58th overall pick kind of in the second round. And I did a trade with the Colts who have the 34 and the 44. So I'll let you do your first round pick, but then I'll come back with my alternate early second, mid-second picks here in a minute. For sure. So, like Patrick said, um, just after 25, we have the Green Bay Packers picking at number 30. Um, I'm also going to entertain a trade scenario that I think to be likely. There's been a lot of buzz about the Packers trading up, um, and Gudekins, the GM for the Packers, is certainly not averse to trading up. He's shown that in the past. I actually envision this more as trading down. Um, it tends to be that in these deep quarterback classes where you have all of these big-name guys, a lot of talent gets pushed down the board. Um, and it just so happens that the position that the Packers really need, wide receiver, tends to be deep this year also. So I see him trading back. Um, I think that's trade-ups up the smokescreen. But if they sit at 30, um, some positions that I think they could look, I really like Antoine Winfield Jr., um, I know that he's a player that you've watched <laughs> quite a bit over the years. Um, and obviously his dad was in Minnesota for a long time. Um, I like, I, I like connecting him to the Packers because he kind of plays that just playmaker defensive back role rather than a strict corner or safety. Um, and I really think that he would fit in really well in, um, what Mike Pett wants to do on defense couple of other guys that the Packers could do at 30. There's this, you know, offensive tackle um, love going on with Byron Balaga getting up there. Um, it could be any of the any of them if they slip, but I kind of pegged Josh Jones, the offensive tackle from Houston, as being one possibility. Um, and then there's been some talk of a quarterback. I don't see the quarterback thing this early just because you have a team that's built to win now. Um, and it would be foolish to waste a first-rounder on it. But they have talked a lot about Jordan Love from Utah State as being potential. So I'll just kind of mention him here. I, I say if they pick at in the first round, they're going to do Antoine Winfield. Um, but that's just kind of me doing what I think. Um, the trading down, I think, is pretty likely, um, especially because it is a deep quarterback class, and a lot of teams might want to trade back into the first round to get that fifth-year option. So if you have a team like the Chargers or Jacksonville or Indianapolis who are all kind of near the top of the second round, if they don't get their guy, whether they want Tua or Herbert or whatever, they might want to trade up and get Love or you know somebody like that in that spot. So I could see him trading down too. So 
Yeah, that one hurts. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured you probably wanted him considering you guys are lacking some some corner depth too, so. Well, it's interesting you, you say that. Um, you know, I don't know if you had any more names for your trade-down scenario, but um, for my – I mean oh, – Go ahead. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you go ahead because I think we're both sort of angling for that early second round slot, so I'll kind of kick it to you for a little bit. Right. Well, like they say, great minds think alike. So in my scenario, again, quick recap, the 25 and the 58 to Indianapolis for the 34 and the 44 – I had the Vikings taking Antoine Winfield at 34. <laughs> I've seen a lot of, obviously I've watched him this whole time. He's his dad, junior. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Love the way he plays. I wouldn't be upset if we took him at 25. That seems a bit aggressive. I think he's going to be more of a 28, 29 to 40 pick, depending on team needs and how things move. Um but again, we have one corner. If we draft a second one in the first, we still probably need another one. I think he's an instant make playmaker. Um, I probably see him actually more as safety. So the biggest holdup here is uh, that we franchise tag Anthony Harris. But there's a lot of talk that they did that just because they need to trade him. So that's where my mind goes. And I just really want him. There's very rare that there's a gopher who's got actual NFL potential. So I'm excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Makes sense. So yeah, that's what I had. And then at 44, just a few 10 picks later, I had Natane Muti, who is a DN from Fresno state. Little big. Um, I think they're figuring out whether he's going to play tackle or end, if he's going to slim down or stay up and be on the inside. Um, maybe, maybe not the best fit, but sounds like he's a physical guy. Like you mentioned, Zimmer just likes someone to mold. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's why I had, again, if you're not getting a D lineman at the 25, you got to get one in the second round, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those are pretty, you know, logical slots. I do think that Winfield will go in that, you know, late 20 to early 40 range. So anybody in there is a pretty good candidate to take them. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Packers trading down, I think, uh, you know, a lot of fans want to get a wide receiver in the first round. Um, I was doing a little research. The Packers haven't taken a receiver in the first round since Javon Walker in 2004. Ooh. So that's been a number of a number of different regimes since we've taken a playmaker that high. So I, I see it more likely that they trade down. We have a rich history of taking wide receivers in the second and third round. So a couple of names, Jalen Rager, wide receiver from TCU. He's kind of a smaller type of wide receiver, more of a playmaker in the mold of like a Randall Cobb. Um, I don't see them taking a big wide receiver. Um, so a lot of the names, you know, the Justin Jeffersons and all that, you know, they have size and what they need is more of a, a quick burner type. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like Rager. That makes sense. Um, and then I also, just because they tend to go boring with one of their picks, if they don't take an offensive tackle, I could see them doing a defensive lineman. Um, Justin Matibuki from A&M um, kind of fits into that slot. 
Um, there's also there's an interesting trend with the Packers that they tend to take players from the same schools in in subsequent drafts, um, and they took two A and M players last year, and so I could see them picking up this Matt Abuke guy from A and M just because it seems to fall with where they like to that go. Makes sense. Um, just want to make a little correction here, even though we are the most highly produced, very accurate, super inside knowledge uh, show. <laughs> I completely screwed up my last pick. Um, uh, Natane Muti did go to Fresno State, but does not play defensive uh, line. He's an offensive lineman. He's a guard. I was looking at the wrong column. So <laughs> there you go. So, hopefully the Vikings draft better than I do. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which brings me to my actual if again going back to my no trades so that I'm done with done with the fake one back on just kind of a one route thing if they stay at 58 I think you need an offensive lineman and I have a guy you're familiar with Tyler Biadats I have no idea you say he's from Wisconsin (laughs) we 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 call him Tyler Badass around here (laughs) that's cool I guess um I don't know. Vikings need a guard. Their offensive line sucks. So that was the actual analysis behind the last pick. I was looking at the wrong player and wrong section of notes. Um, But then again, yeah. So we need a guard. He's a good one. Sounds like it might be a bit of a stretch. So there's another guy named Shane Lemieux. I don't know. They just need a guard. (laughs) It's boring. Yeah. I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to get into Bidash here a little bit later. Um, I see him lasting a little longer, so I'm not going to talk about him till the third. Um, but ultimately, I, I, I think that he'll end up in the NFC North for sure. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, again, going back to with, with no trades, Vikings at 58 is like almost the third round. And I think we're, they'd be looking at, okay, it's a Wisconsin offensive lineman. It's worth maybe stretching a bit. Yeah, for sure. So for my next pick, then um, I'm going. I, I had a lot of names written down, but I'm going to go with what my gut kind of told me. Um, so this would be the later in the second round, the 62nd pick, I think it would be. I am going to say that the Packers go with Troy Die. Um, he's an inside linebacker from Oregon, and I see this pick only sort of on a gut hunch. Normally, we don't value athletic inside linebackers um if you look at you know aj hawk and blake martinez and jake ryan uh, you know you have your try hard guys that make a lot of tackles but aren't a lot of playmakers and i think it's time to change that and troy die would definitely do that he's way more of an athlete than any of those guys were great cover guy um and if we go wide receiver early like everyone says i could see you know, coming back and now you hit a a playmaker on the back end. So that's actually who I'm going to slot for that pick. Cool. I was waiting for you to get to the uh, Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the other thing is that we tend to take the best players from the most underwhelming conferences. So a uh, Pac-12 pick here would make a lot of sense. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it uh, wouldn't be a Packers draft without it. Sure wouldn't. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we'll go back to you. I, 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 it's tough to keep track of where we're at after the trades, but I think you're yeah, up. No, I mean, again, my scenario, we went from two first and a second to one first and 
two seconds. So now I'm back on track. Late third, right before you guys, I have uh, Jeff Gladney. He is a cornerback, TCU. A lot of people have him being as a third-round cornerback. Um, again, we just, we just need more depth. <laughs> so, right. so, you know, even if we do somehow go uh, corner first and even if we get a second one, you know, whether it's Antoine Winfield or someone else, we would need more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I like that. So for my third round, um, I, I, what I think the Packers might do is they're not going to take a linebacker until this range. Um, and there's a, a boring guy out of Wyoming, Logan Wilson, who fits kind of that mold. Um, but in this draft scenario, since you already took Tyler Bydash, that's actually who I had slotted for the third round. Um, I wanted to give a little shout out to Amherst because that's kind of where he's from. He's having some like shoulder surgery or something, so they're saying he might drop. But since you take him, I got to go to my third name, and that's actually Jake Fromm, uh, quarterback out of Georgia. Um, he is a guy that you know kind of suffered from playing a year too long. Um, if he had been draft eligible last year after his great uh, sophomore season, um, I could see him definitely being like a first round slam dunk kind of guy. Had a, a tougher year this year, um, but because I don't, you know, people say we need to draft a quarterback for replacing Aaron Rodgers, and this obviously fits the mold. But we also need to upgrade just the backup quarterback slot in the off chance that a 37 year old guy with two collarbone injuries might get hurt again. Um, and so I, I think investing some capital in the quarterback position makes sense. And you wait till the third round, you don't put quite as much of a threat to Rodgers and his ego as you would if he did in the first. So I'm actually going to go with Jake Fromm. Interesting. Yeah, no, I'd be curious to compare notes when we get to the QB section later, but I don't know if he makes it that long, late third. Um, I do agree it's probably time. I read an article that uh, this was – Rogers older now than when they drafted him, you know, versus Favre, or is he about the same age? He's a year older, I think. Um, thirty. I keep thinking he's thirty-seven. Favre was thirty-six when we took Rogers, so it it makes sense in terms of the okay. timeline for yeah. sure. So that's that's my only thought. I just don't know if he'll be there. No, not not a worry of ours, unfortunately, given our weird, not ideal QB situation, but. Being that you you give uh, your guy a fully guaranteed check at the beginning every season. <sighs> yeah, I miss Teddy. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I actually now have uh, two picks to go off of because we have a compensatory pick here at the end of the third. And this is where things get interesting because I went full homer at this point and I just said the Vikings need to draft Tyler Johnson, wide receiver, Minnesota. I mean, makes sense, and I think he feels a need for you guys, so. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a lot of receiver depth either. <laughs> we need some depth all over. I mean, just be honest, all <laughs> over. We, uh, I think right now we have, like, two or three receivers, including practice squad guys, and then we have one corner. So those practices in spring training right now are lining up to be, or in the, the summer, are not going to be fun. It's just one-on-one for all day but uh anyways yeah i like tyler johnson i think he's good i think um 
in a lot of ways, he has the Eric Decker effect where he played for Minnesota and put up uh, NCAA top-end numbers, which means you put him in an NFL offense with an actual quarterback. <laughs> hey, now, we got something. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I, I have him. And, again, kind of biased because I just want him on the team. Because, again, there's not very many Gophers yeah. that make it to that next level. So, I want them both. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yep. Um, I'll actually let you do your next fourth round because I don't have a specific fourth round pick, but just kind of a takeaway from the first four rounds. So, I'll let you finish out. Yep, no. Pick. So, the only other one I had, again, just being a Minnesota homer, is there is a gentleman out of St. John's University, offensive lineman Ben Barch who is projected in the fourth to fifth round. So with the late fourth round pick of the Vikings, I pick offensive lineman Ben Barch, St. John's University, go Mayak. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually heard that he is going to jump way up. So I don't think he's going to be there yet, but I do love the love. I do love that you gave. Uh, I had him way earlier in my, in my draft. I had him actually where I took um, Biadas or whatever his name is. Uh, but then I was like, he plays for St. John's. He's not going in the second or third round. <laughs> yeah, they haven't projected him. So, yeah, so. it's bit of, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that all plays out. But I think that'd be a really cool story. I'm, I don't know. I'm big on those kind of things where you have a local person or a, someone with a connection that people can rally behind. You'll see that when I get to my quarterback analysis here in a minute. I think that adds something that you just can't, you know, scout necessarily like a skill. Right. But anyways, that's my draft. Or at least the rounds that matter. Yeah. And I mean, the Packers, they have a, a pretty short list in terms of needs. Okay. Um, I think that, I, well... <laughs> They, they have glaring needs at really four spots. And I think it's, you know, replacement slash backup quarterback, offensive lineman depth, having a playmaker, small, quick wide receiver, and then a defensive playmaker on the back end, whether it's a linebacker or a safety type. Um, I think that we've invested a lot with both draft picks and money into the defense. So this might be one of the few years that we actually go early on offense. So, Rager makes a lot of sense up there. Um, but I will say I, I would love to see a Wisconsin player actually on the Packers. I know you talk a lot about getting you know some Gophers and some Minnesota boys on yours. The Badgers have a lot of talent. I mean, you have Jonathan Taylor, you have Zach Bond, Tyler Bidash, Quintez Cephas, Chris Orr. You've got a lot of guys that I would love to see as Packers. Um, I They just don't fit a lot of needs or the needs don't line up with where we'll be picking. So I wasn't able to fit any in, particularly because you took Bidash, but I would love to see one of them on the yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, sure. like I said, I think it adds a little something extra for fans to go, hey, I've, he's, you know, especially because Wisconsin obviously recruits well within their states. you got a guy from wherever, Oshkosh, who goes to Madison and then all of a sudden is playing for the Packers. That's pretty dang cool. Um, right. Just out of curiosity, and I don't mean to derail us here at the end, where do you think Jonathan Taylor is going? Because I was, I was looking at him at a late first-round pick, and I was like, how do you pass this guy up? He's incredible. But then I was like, well, almost every team in the NFL, including the Vikings, has a running back. They're also a dime a dozen. 
I mean, obviously there's some elite ones like Christian McCaffrey who can change your team, but you know my opinion. I don't think running backs are worth money or picks overall. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I Guys like Jonathan Taylor who were as productive as they were for as long as they were in college, they're either – I mean, that either translates and they become, you know, an eight to 10 year starter for somebody, or you worry about already having not a lot of tread left on the tires. He's already had basically two NFL seasons worth of carries, maybe even three, I guess that I don't know how it translates, but, um, and that'll worry some teams. And then I know this year he was doing a lot more of catching out of the backfield, but he really is more of a traditional two down style back. Um, so I, I see him being one of those, early second round picks that a team feels really good about. Um, I would be kind of surprised. I I think that a running back will go in the first. There's some guy out of Georgia or something that he's a little more electric. Um, I actually think Jonathan Taylor won't go until the second round. Hmm. All right. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to reconvene here in a minute and we're going to break down some of the quarterbacks in this draft class. So stick around. All right, so we're going to dive into um, what has has definitely the potential to be a historic quarterback draft class here in 2020. Um, I we were you know we're not planning on going through and saying which team we think each of these guys is going to go to, more of just kind of putting a take in on you know the player and kind of our opinion on them. And um, I have a couple of hot takes that I want to drop just to get on record here too. So. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll start at the top of the list here. Joe Burrow, um, Patrick, I, I guess kind of kick it to you first. Kind of what's your take on what seems to be the number one pick in the draft? I, th- I think he's good. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. Oh, wait, never mind. He's going to Cincinnati. His career's going to not be <laughs> great. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll be on a good team eventually, or maybe they will figure this out. Um, Pittsburgh has a great defense, but they're kind of re- they're right on that edge of rebuilding, so they could time that one right. Um, Baltimore's awesome, but it obviously it's more offense than defense right now, so that might help him, you know, if he's just got to sling it. And then uh, the Browns are a hot mess, so who knows? Maybe they could they could have timed this right where they actually won't ruin him. Um, but I just can't, you know, there's a reason you're the first pick. Or you're the team picking first it means you're not good. So right, and that's that's kind of my take on him too. He's obviously talented, number one quarterback. The problem with him is he's going from the best team in the country, where things are a lot easier to have success, and then you go to the worst team in the NFL. Handling that is going to be a bigger measuring stick than any of his actual talent. So, right, um, yeah. I think he's. So, I think he's great. I think if there was a weird way where the top teams all didn't need quarterbacks, which obviously usually doesn't translate to you being a top early draft pick, but if for some reason like the top four or five picks weren't quarterbacks, I think he would do great. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so moving on now to uh, Tua. I'll kind of go first on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of see him a lot like Joe Burrow in that he had a lot of talent and he was on a great team that allowed him to have a lot of success. 
Um, and it's easy to be that highly considered by scouts when you're the most visible player on the most dominant team in college football when he was healthy. Um, it kind of depends on where he lands, but I actually see him having more success early than what Burrow did, uh, will, particularly if he ends up with a team like the Chargers who have a great team and just need a quarterback. Yep. No, I, I again, I completely agree. I think it depends on where he lands, and I, I hope he lands with the Chargers. I think he'd be good over on the West Coast, nice sunny area. And uh, like you said, it's it's a great roster. I mean, they, they did well. They just didn't think – uh, Rivers could get him over that hump, so you know it's the it's probably the perfect scenario. Again, a lot like what I said with Burrow, where it's a team that had a bad year ish and needs a quarterback, but it, the roster is good. The roster is there, ready for him to strive. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think you kind of had more of a ranking of these guys. So who do you have as the third best quarterback, and what's your opinion on him? I have Tua as the third best quarterback. I have Herbert as the second best. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I think he's great. I've wanted him since we started this Cousins thing last two years ago, like last year or whatever I want to say when he wasn't eligible. I was like, okay, if we time this right, he comes in after Cousins last year and uh, we're golden. But uh <laughs> Vikings got a Vikings, you know? Um, So I think he's great. He's the prototypical quarterback, but he's got a little more mobility at that little Pac-12 flair. Go Packers. Um, And uh, I just think he's the best top-to-bottom quarterback here other than maybe Burrow. But again, it'll be interesting because Burrow's going to get on a really bad team, and he is going from – really stable, awesome program to not. So I think Herbert, I, again, I just wish the Vikings just pull out all the stops and go get him and somehow make this miraculously turn into an awesome draft. Not going to happen. But he'll do all right in uh, Miami, maybe. I don't know. I don't know who needs a quarterback. I didn't do a ton of research on that. Plus, there's so many moving pieces of who wants who, which obviously plays into it a lot. Um, because my fourth quarterback is probably Jordan Love, but that's because I'm optimistic. You know, I look at that as he's probably got the most upside. I've seen a lot of things linking him to the, the Patriots, of course, as, hey, you can come in and do this sitting thing for one or two years, learn everything, and then kick ass. Yeah, I guess I'll kind of step in and give my two cents on Herbert. I think he falls in. There's really, other than Tua and Burrow, there's two categories of guys in this draft. There's the the long college career guys who have gotten docked because there's a lot of tape on them. And then there's the flash in the pan types that are, people are going to bank on their talent and draft them. Obviously, Herbert falls into the long career. I actually see him just like you do. He's going to have a 12-year career for somebody like, you know, kind of like a Matt Stafford or a Phillip Rivers. Um, I think that he he ends up being better than Tua or Burrow by year four, and I, I'm going to put my name on that. Um, and then Jordan Love, um, I think, you know, a lot of people are saying that he reminds them of Mahomes, and that's going to give you a bump considering what Mahomes has done to the league. But he, to me, 
doesn't really excite me too much. Um, I don't see him as having that type of impact. I think he's too rough. Um, he would have to go to a pretty great offense to have that much success. It, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I look at it, and we've talked about it, obviously, with every quarterback, and you can say that with about quarterbacks or any draft pick. You look at them and you go, well, they have to go to the right team. I mean, you take Mahomes and you put him on Cleveland. He's still good. He's got talent. He knows what he's doing, but it's not going to be the same as Andy Reid, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's, and that's true, too. It's kind of a cop-out to include that in your analysis, but it's it's absolutely true when it comes to actually evaluating these guys. So. Right, yeah, and, and I wouldn't, you know, I would say it's only a half cop-out because you take someone, I would say, like a Burrow or like a just uh, Justin Herbert, and I think they can still get screwed, but I think because they're more traditional or it's less less of that raw talent, to use your own word, I think you have a a higher floor than someone who, like a Jordan Love, could all of a sudden blow up and be the next Lamar or Patrick Holmes if he lands in the right place. Yeah. Um, all right, so who do you have up next now that we've kind of gotten out of the pretty much consensus top four guys? You know, it gets a little interesting. I have Fromm probably at five, but again, I'm staying optimistic on the upside. He's only 21. He's been in a pretty solid offense. You know, Georgia doesn't run a crazy, like, split back option, whatever. You know, they run a standard offense that, that's pretty easily to trans- or easy translation to the NFL. Um, like I said, he's young. He's consistent. I think you, you can see the upside that was there the, that year, uh, two years ago. Last year was a little more vanilla. Um, but again, I, I think the upside and the, just kind of being a quarterback <laughs> is, is, is there. Um, I don't know. Obviously you liked him. You had the Packers taking him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like him a lot. I think he, to me, he reminds me a lot of like Chad Pennington. Um, which people think of Chad Pennington as being sort of like a boring name. But Chad Pennington had a very long and very productive career. And if you tell a lot of teams that, hey, you're drafting the equivalent of Chad Pennington, I think a lot of teams would line up at the door for that. So that's kind of why I like him. But Right. No, I, and that's where I agree. I think because he's pretty vanilla, I think you could get a pretty average to above average guy out of him. Depending on the year, depending on circumstances, you could get some pretty top end talent and play build the right team around him, you know, I I would almost put him, you know, this might be a little aggressive, but Philip Rivers ish of, yeah, for sure. You have crappy teams. He's not going to pull you out of that. And select, you know, last year when they had a bunch of injuries or when they were rebuilding or after LT left kind of things you saw, okay, he's not going to carry a team like a Rogers Ken or breeze, but when it's, when it's there, it's there. Um, so, yeah, that's who I had. Um, my next guy is actually Jacob Eason out of Washington. Um, again, he's a, he's a similar, pretty vanilla guy, a little, little more raw, a little less of a established uh, team than Georgia up there in the Northwest. So that's, that's why See, he's below that- for me. 
Yeah, the funny thing with Eason is that he actually had a competition with Jake Fromm at Georgia for the starting spot, and he lost it. Well, he didn't. And that's when he went to Washington. He, I mean, I did some research on that. He didn't. He got hurt, and then Fromm took over, had that incredible year. He played one game, and or was in that late of the first game or early of the second game of his Georgia career. Um, he got hurt, and that's when Fromm came on. And then after Fromm had his rookie season or freshman or soft whatever year, they were like, well, we can't go back. I mean, yes, do you, you, could, I mean, you could count that as him losing the battle because obviously there's an offseason to go and try and win that job back. But I don't know. I always feel like the person who has the, the, the job is a lot – you know, even if everything else is the same, they have a much higher chance of retaining it than losing it. Yeah, and I don't know. To me, Eason, I get a Trubisky vibe out of him. He has a lot of talent, and he obviously, in the backyard, probably looks a lot like a quarterback. Um, I don't I don't really buy him as being in the same tier as some of these guys. I, I would have him at the, at the bottom of everybody that we're ranking, and I think that they're still – one name here that we want to get to, but to me, I'm, I'm going to take a shit on Eason. I'll be honest. <laughs> no. And that's, and that's fine. I mean, I, yeah, that's why I had him below is I think he's more raw, more meh than a from again. I think he could, he could easily be a Chad Henney, you know, we're going to throw out generic names of quarterbacks. You know, he, he could be a clipboard guy who you go, what the heck you were in the league for 14 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sling the pill. Exactly. So, um, all right. Well, I'll I'll kick off the last guy here. This is my favorite quarterback, um, in this draft, and that's Jalen Hurts. I, I'm assuming that's who your next guy would be. Um. Yep. So my my here's what I like about him is that the guy's an absolute dog when it comes to being competitive. He has a long and healthy career despite being mobile. Um, so, you know, he's not, he's not putting himself in unnecessary risks. He played for some pretty good teams, obviously being at Alabama for a while, you're going to have that, but he, you know, to me, staying in college, showing, you know, the ability to go to a completely brand new team and have a lot of success at Oklahoma. Granted, he had a good offensive mind in Lincoln Riley, but he had to make it work. And to me, I, I think this is paralysis by analysis and it's ultimate. I, every number on this guy to me looks really good and he's really fun to watch and he's a great quarterback. And I don't, I think that everybody that is doing this Jalen Hurts hate thing is going to really regret it. I actually see him as being my favorite guy. And if the Packers take him, I'm going to rush out to grab a jersey because this guy's going to have a phenomenal career in the NFL. I don't buy it. Right, the, <laughs> uh, the reason I have him so low is I just I don't I don't know what it is, but I, I watch him and I go I don't see that I don't know I don't see a quarterback I don't see a running back I don't see a a position and I don't see someone who's special enough to be a Lamar or a Mahomes. I, I don't know. I, I no problem being wrong, and I have no problem admitting I'm wrong if it does come to that. But as I sit here looking at my list, having him behind all these kind of boring names, I go, he wins. But, I mean, a lot of people would win if they got Alabama for 
two years and Oklahoma for a year. Yeah, and you're not wrong because all of the quarterbacks who have stepped into those spots have had great success. Um, But my thing with him is he has a lot of the intangibles over the course of a long career of a guy who is competitive and who is a great leader and who does win ball games. And he doesn't win ball games just by riding the coattails of others. It's clear that he is a playmaker and he does have the ability. I mean, he's not, he's not as electric as Lamar Jackson, but other than Michael Vick, no one is, but he's smart enough with the way that he moves that I, 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 I am going to plant my flag on Jalen hurts being the best quarterback in this draft. And I, it's, until we start the season, no one will know, but that's going to be the hot take that I live and die on. And that's, that's good for you. I, I think you're wrong because, like I said, I, I don't see him as the best of any position. I mean, you go back and not to cherry pick here, but you take a guy like Russell Wilson, who was a competitor, not the most athletic guy ever, but a phenomenal athlete and willing to – work and learn at his craft. I, I see Jalen Hurts a lot like Russell Wilson, and I guess that's maybe why I'm falling in love with him so much, but that's kind of where I see it. Right, and I would be willing to say again, as we're going to go, I'm going to circle back to the whole coaching thing. You put Russell Wilson on almost any other team without Pete Carroll, and for the first however many years, that that Legion of Boom-esque Seattle defense, he probably breaks his collarbone or has a bunch of concussions and is out of the league in two to three years. Yeah. And I guess that's the, uh, the little time filler tension that we're going to leave everybody with as we head into the draft. Absolutely. Oh, last but not least, <laughs> I will. I mean, I need to say this. People still think Nate Stanley is going to be an NFL quarterback. <laughs> Just, oh, I need to me? shut that be- down. <laughs> Oh, come on. He's good. He is not. Did you watch the combine? Uh, what, did he have a bad 40? No, he had a bad throwing the ball drills. They did the long ball, you know, the streak one down the sideline. He was 20 yards shorter than some of the guys and wounded ducks. I mean, he was late career Peyton Manning out there, minus the accuracy. <laughs> I mean, it's tough for me to really jump on the shit on Nate Stanley bandwagon because he's from Menominee, which is just up the road um, from Mondovi. I no, he's not the he's not going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he'll be a five to seven year backup for no, somebody, and it'll be just he will him. not. <laughs> he will play out his rookie contract, and he'll be one of those guys as you're scrolling through Madden, going, huh, "He's in this game? Sure, I'll sign him as my backup because he's from Menominee." Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's oh. my that's my final piece. <laughs> well, I'm glad you went to him because I was actually going to do the exact same conversation piece as you just did. So, <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, for everybody who gets to listen to this before the draft, um, enjoy. For everybody who's going to listen after, I hope that one of us gets one of these picks right so that we can feel good about this. But um, we'll see how it goes. Um, so thanks everybody and enjoy the only semi-live sporting event that we're going to get for a while.